Steps back, looks downfield, lets it go. He's got a receiver, Devin Smith. Oh! Oh man, we're back. And what month is it? It's August. And you know what that means? Football. Yes. <laughs> it's back. Like four weeks. It's exciting. We have four a lot weeks. to talk about today. Today we are going to be looking at some preseason watch lists, mainly the Heisman, Dope Walker, and Blitnikoff. And we're going to look through an article that I know made Tyler very angry. <laughs> I wasn't too mad. <laughs> but first, I would like to start with something interesting I saw this week. So the Big Ten is looking to leave ESPN for their secondary TV deal. And this gets interesting because they're looking for CBS and NBC. CBS, we all know, they're moving away from the SEC. But what makes NBC interesting is there was only one team that they show college football-wise, and that is Notre Dame. So why would the Big Ten want to partner with two people for a secondary deal, one of them being Notre Dame's main channel? Yeah, this has been like a big – everyone's been wanting Notre Dame in a conference for the last few years, even uh... – with COVID going on and when they joined a conference, I felt like it helped like their resume at the end of the year. You know what I mean? Like they got to play and championship games, big games, TV games. And like, not a lot of people watch NBC other than for Notre Dame. Now I'm not going to be one of those people. I'm not going to name names here that have sources. I don't have a source. I have no idea what's going on. Everything I just said is pure speculation, but to me, it seems like you can put two and two together. There, you gotta. I think, like I was telling you, I think like after they check out the ratings this year after the Ohio State game, that'll make them more interested in pushing for Notre Dame to join the Big Ten. Yeah, um, and, and like I said, I have no real view into what's going on here. I don't have um, the commissioner of the Big Ten on speed dial or anything like that. Trust me. I'm just some random guy. I don't have all the facts right now, but that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. We got to just I keep mean, an eye out on nothing. it. Maybe NBC's looking to move on past just showing Notre Dame games. I don't know. But that'll be interesting to see. But Absolutely. We got a lot of award watch lists. We do. I'm interested to hear what you got to say. I'm, I'm, in, we'll start, I'm interested to hear what you got to think. We will start off with the Doak Walker Award watch list. Now, I Texas, Robinson for Texas. He's supposed to be the real deal and the favorite here from what I'm picking up. But, I'm not sure because First of all, Braylon Allen at Wisconsin. 
You can never count out Wisconsin. I don't know where they find these dudes. But they will run you over. They have some of the best running backs you'll find. And then, of course, Travion Henderson at Ohio State. So, and then you got Blake Corm at Michigan. Of course, Alabama every year has got a good back. Um, You got Ibrahim from Minnesota. I mean, this is going to be a tough race. And the thing with the Dirk Walker here is it's really hard to just say this guy's the top favorite because the Dirk Walker relies on a lot. It relies on how good the offensive line is. It, even, it could even like reflect how good the quarterback run is because if the quarterback doesn't run, they can focus on the running back. So this is a really hard pick. I mean, me being I, an Ohio State student fan. I was very interested by your Braylon Allen. Is that his name, Braylon? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think it's Brandon or Braylon. It but, is Braylon. Because without you saying his name, I would I would have forgot what he did last year. And then his last like three games, he ran for like two hundred yards each game. But on He's like he was like a true freshman. Mm-hmm. On this um on PFFs, I know some people hate this site, but I'm using it because I think they're good. On their watch list. Uh, this is interesting. They they also list all of the names of running backs Wisconsin's had. Ron Dane, Jonathan Taylor, Melvin Gordon, Monty Ball, and James White. That's their so that's their can, style, though. That's all they do. They just run the can, ball. You can never count out the run because they don't do anything else. <laughs> they get bad quarterbacks and then good running backs. Evens mm-hmm. out. Like I said, this is a hard race to pick because – the run game relies on so many different parts. Okay. That's why you just got to go with the top the top three. I think your Braylon Allen one was good. I'd probably choose Bijan right now just because that's, like, going to be Texas' whole offense because he's a running back who can catch out the backfield. He had 300 yards last year, you know, four tutties. So, I think utilizing him is going to be, like, more of their main – emphasis especially with like Quinn Ewers becoming the starting QB like what he's supposed to be this like supreme talent and Bijan is supposed to be this all-star running back so I think he's going to be utilized very much this season but I would pick a dark horse I'd obviously go with Travion I think it's kind of the same way that with Texas I think Ohio State's going to have one of the best O-lines I think they're going to uh what expand the run rather than just doing one run every single time they run the ball when they get stopped and they don't do nothing else. But I think they're going to utilize him as well out the backfield. And he's just all speed, so he can outrun defenders as well. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a underclassman heavy um, fu- um, final here. Yeah. And with a Doak Walker because there are I think, a I lot think of- the, the three you said – Henderson, Robinson, and Allen. I think that'll be probably the top three that'll mm-hmm. finish. You can never count out. Um, you can never count out a Big Ten team in this race because I like Ten... uh I like uh Blake Corum from Michigan. He's a stud. Hey, uh, he's a stud. He is. Yeah, yeah. You gotta keep your eye out on him. I think it makes I, me sad. That's all they're gonna do is run the ball. <laughs> Until you can stop it. Exactly. Hopefully you can stop the same run. 
that they run over and over again, unlike <laughs> the Buckeyes last year. Will happen Ooh. again. So, what's next? What's next? Uh, want to do the Blitnikov? Yeah, my favorite because easy. Jackson Smith and Jigba. I agree, one thousand percent. I think it's pretty clear that it's kind of, he's the favorite. He, but my dark horse is probably going to be Marvin Harrison. I think he's going. To, I think he's already like that second option. Like he had three touchdowns in one game, and people kind of just like blew it off like it was normal. Like without Jackson Smith's running for three hundred and fifty yards, he would have been MVP. He he was outstanding. He played a great game. He was, his athleticism is off the charts. I think he's going to be wide receiver two. I think he's going to be right there behind Jackson Smith. And I think it's going to be type of one of those like races of like, it's going to be like that one game, like uh, like a game against Notre Dame, like which one of them two will stand out or like uh, even at the end of the year against Michigan, if their stats were close, it'll be more of like who did the most in the big time. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, oddly enough, I am scrolling through the 2022 Politnikoff Award watch list. There is one tight end on here. Probably who, Brock Bowers? Michael Mayer for Notre Dame. Oh, God. He's Oddly enough, I did not think tight ends were eligible for this. I thought they had a separate award, and this was only with Seavers. I guess not. Definitely want to pick him at all the tight ends, but... I hate to tell him I don't think he's winning it because no quarterback's going to be making his first pass in the horseshoe in less than a month. So. I also think uh, Jordan Addison, I think he'll be in the top three. I think he's a legit talent, and he's got a five-star QB. I mean, Kenny Pickett wasn't this world beater when it comes to his throwing talent. There are a lot of good names on here. Let's just say that. Interestingly enough, I'm not seeing it. Okay, there is one Alabama receiver on here. Jermaine uh, Burton. I've never heard the name, to be honest. Must be, he could be like a sophomore, a second year player. I mean, I'm sure he played at some point last year. Yeah. I just don't remember the name. I'll keep a lookout for him. Yeah, because going into the next award we're going to talk about, which we're probably going to focus on here for a little bit the Heisman if he plays well could really affect this race right now NFL.com has Bryce Young at the top of their watch list but he's missing one big piece that was a part of his run last year Jamison Williams I was just about to say that I think he's missing like we just both said, like, who Jermaine Burton was. I mean, I guess, who are we again? But I've never heard of him. So, it's like, is this guy going to be one of them, or is he just going to be another Alabama receiver? Mm-hmm. Oh, my phone's ringing. I better turn that down. <laughs> but Leave me alone, scam calls. I think I think what would help him is if, uh, what is his name, Jameer Gibbs, the running back that transferred from Georgia Tech. I think if if he's like a top back, like a top five back, I think that'll just that'll help overall. I think that'll make Bryce Young just play better. 
But, I think um, if they got one dimensional with just throwing the ball, I don't think they have like enough receiver talent to do it. But I guess we would have to also see. First I mean, I'm just not convinced Bolton is going to be as good as Williams. And number two on the list is CJ Stroud. He still has Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then he also has Marvin Harrison Jr. and Julian Fleming. And Trayvon Henderson is going to be a weapon there, too. And he's number 10 on the Heisman watch list. I think I think C.J. Stroud is the favorite in my eyes right now with all the well, talent and, and all the is. options and all the options that he's going to have and just how he's going to just have a throwing parade, really, with all the options. Mm-hmm. But he, um, I think also, because it happened last year, like he was playing so well that it got to the point where it's like, well, I mean, they, he's got two – first round wide receivers so it was like he was getting diminished because of the talent so it could happen again but i doubt it would happen again well i think his performance in the rose bowl tells us all we need to know about yeah, how good he's, he's gonna be i think he's gonna Garrett wilson and chris alave yeah right there that tells you everything you need um to know um this is something interesting they say on on nfl.com it says stroud might also need to beat michigan and their annual late-season tilt, nearly always a significant game. This award often is shifted by one or two big contests. A huge performance against Mich- against the Wolverines could give him his Heisman moment, but a stinker could sink Stroud's chances late. Why are they talking like Ohio State never beats Michigan here? That's how it works. You got to – because the fans will react or – We're the most interactive. Sorry about that. Uh, we're the most interactive fans. So obviously, you put Ohio State in your your uh, headline. We're clicking on it. We're gonna react to it, retweet it, quote it, comment mm-hmm. under it. You, you know what's up? I've, I've been telling Ohio State fans this for years, as you know, and they don't listen. <laughs> they still give them those clicks. But Every I mean, time. I I mean you couldn't. I wouldn't even say he struggled against Michigan last year. Uh, no, I think the defense struggled stopping the run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when they run the same run play over and over again and you can't stop it, and they score on every touchdown drive and score – they score a touchdown on every drive in the second half and four, and all four of them are rushing touchdowns, you're going to lose the football game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they struggled to stop the run all year. I mean, it looked exactly like the Oregon game. That whole, like when I was watching it, I was just like, this is just the exact same stuff that I was witnessing in week two when it comes to defensive side of the ball. But C.J. Stroud played way better than he did in the second half of the Oregon game. Uh, But I think... I think Bijan Robinson, like I was saying earlier with the dope walker, I think he could be like a Heisman finalist because I'm. I think he's going to be a main focus, a focal point on that offense. I think he the only way on, he's fifth on the NFL's list. Yeah, I think because I don't think they're going to do three uh, him or Jackson Smith and Jigba, depending on what his stats look like. If it's anything like last year, then he'll have a pretty good shot. But I think that's just what it comes down to. Is just like I don't think they're putting three quarterbacks in. I think they always like to put like one wide receiver or something, oddball. Mm-hmm. Will Anderson's in here too. Oh yeah, he's he's a freak. 
He's um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's. He's in, probably the best. He's a robot. In he's not football. a human. He's a robot. Guy scares me. Yeah, he's the number one pick easily. Actually, no, I guess he can't be because CJ Stroud and Bryce mm-hmm. Young. But... Here's, so there's three Buckeyes in the top ten in the Heisman watch for NFL.com here. I mean, you love to see it. That just tells you, mm-hmm. like, the amount of talent that's on the team right now. Yeah. The offense is going to be possibly one of the best offenses we've ever seen. I'm thinking possibly LSU, like t- – 2018 LSU. Well, I, th- I think the like the 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 years that we play in now, like I think every year there's going to be just an offense to break records, and it's just so going to be every a cycle of just yeah, like it's just going to mm-hmm. be a, a cycle of is this the best offense because mm-hmm. so much this talent is just crazy right now, mm-hmm. and that that's what makes Ohio State's defense frustrating last season. Yeah, they clearly have the offense to win it. They don't have the defense. Yeah, but I mean, now it's like now that that happened, we went through it this year. But like, you're all, I think, who did they? They only had like maybe two or three players go to the draft. Mm-hmm. Most of them are all returning. Here's like, where it's all just vets now. Here's where it gets exciting. Ryan Day is expecting a top ten defense. Oh, man, I'm blanking on his name here. Jim Knowles. Jim Knowles. Jim Knowles yep. is expecting top five. Yep. I like to it. To be honest, they don't need a top 10. They need a top 25, 30 defense, and they are fine with this offense. I think, I think they're trying to prove something more than anything, but I know what you're saying. I think a top 20 defense still. I mean, the, yeah, top 20 defense, you're still looking at a championship. I mean, we almost – we missed the playoff by one game with that defense last year. And there was at times where we – I thought they were playing good. I would just be like, man, this defense looks a lot better, and then that Michigan happened. And it just looked I mean, right back to the same thing as week two. When my neighbor was a student coach at Ohio State, I remember him talking about how difficult it is to develop positions in the – positions on defense, like defensive back. Positions where you can't practice with the ball constantly, like running back, quarterback, receiver, they can practice with that. It's very hard to develop because it's a lot of just kind of moving with players without the ball, which is very hard to develop from my understanding. Yeah, but, I mean, they get a lot of repetitions and practice and stuff. Mm -hmm. The thing here is a lot of people left. Those are the people that can't handle this new system or the talent level that's there. Yeah. Of course. And I, I've heard CJ Hicks is ahead of schedule. I, we all know what, um, I keep forgetting. Yeah. And I keep forgetting about the line, like Jack Sawyer, uh, JT, Ty Lee. Much improved this year. Yeah. Like our front front four is going to be nasty. They did not have a whole season in the weight room last year. They have this year. So they're going to be big. Yeah, they're going to be. Yeah, they're going to be insane. They're going to be able to spend more time in the game. They're going to be more physically conditioned. So I do think with three guys in the final in the Heisman watch as of now in offense and how improved that defense is going to be, I'm telling you, this Buckeye team feels special. I have not felt confident about an Ohio State team like this in a long time. Yeah, I mean, I I think the uh, the time is right now. I mean, not the the same amount of talent isn't going into 
uh, Alabama as it is at Ohio State. When it comes to offense, I felt like their offense was a little st- like standard and just focusing on one player rather than like constantly moving the ball and having it flow. I mean, they still made it to the playoffs, but they mm-hmm. lost for a reason. Mm-hmm. Against Georgia. Yeah. None, no less. And we all know Georgia, their offense is like paint drying. Yeah, paint I'm, gonna, drying I'm like real interested in seeing what their offense looks like. I wonder, because, I mean, their defense, their whole defense lost left. They have a they have a player though. There's a player on their team. I don't know his name. It's it's not ringing a bell. But there's a uh, he's on the line. He's supposed to be like top five pick. I just uh, I'll look it up and tell you. Well, to end here, we are going to discuss a article that we read on ESPN, which I do recommend. It's a good read. No, and it's, called it's not. Football. Position you 2022. Which school is produce the most talent at each position? So, are do are you just wanting to go in order here by position? No, because I didn't. Re- I read the first three, and actually, no, I read linebacker, defensive line. I didn't do the tight ends or anything, but no, I didn't do tight ends either. <laughs> I'll pick a couple that I had a real issue with. Uh, give me one sec. Pretty sure wide receiver that. you had an issue with. Who did they have here? Wide receiver U is USC. Give me a break. Drake London. Okay, top. Juju Smith-Schuster. Two first-round picks in just last year. Ohio State's five on their list. This article was trash. Trash already. <laughs> Can't even take it serious. Uh, what's next? Titan University. No one cares. Sorry. Um, warning back. I agree. Quarterback agreed. I think Oklahoma's probably quarterback U. The only gripe I have about that when it is comes to college football is for not developing a yeah, receiver. A when it, quarterback. Oh yeah. When it but when it comes to college football, they won three Heisman trophy winners in like three years. All like QB. I mean, we can yeah. say what they want, but that's still mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah. Uh but I think those are my only, only two gripes. Um, I would I disagreed heavily with D line University. D-line. They're saying Florida State over Ohio State at two. That Alabama's number one. I do agree with that, but Ohio State should be number two. I can't name. Yeah, I don't know any Florida no. State defensive line members in the NFL. I can think of a ton of Buckeyes. Yeah, and I would also have Clemson higher. I think Clemson's produced some pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida State back in, back a long time ago, but. When I say a long time ago, I mean a yeah, that long doesn't count. time ago. And people are going to be like, oh, you're just saying that because you're biased. No, because I'm going to prove that here. You want to hear something I was surprised about? Linebacker University, Ohio State being number three. Very surprised I disagree that. with that heavily right now. I don't think – I don't know a lot of linebackers that I liked at Ohio State in the last five years. No. Like, if we're talking, like, the classic Ohio State um, linebackers like Spielman, Hawk. Yeah, Lower like that yeah, was a long Sh- Shazier, time ago. Like, yeah, that's what. I, yeah, These I are for 2022. I don't know if they think they're gonna have a strong linebacker unit this year. I mean, Georgia and Alabama, I agree with Ohio State. As of now, should not be on the top five of this list at all. This list right here for DBU are the all the five of the teams that they listed out are all five of the teams that I would also have. Not in the same order, I would say, but 
all five teams, Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, Florida, Miami, those are the only five teams that actually come to mind when I think of, like, a DBU. Yeah, I would move them around some. Um, I'd probably move uh, – I like LSU at two because I, I think they've had pretty good talent the last few years. Uh, I, I would. I think I'd flip Florida, Florida and Miami. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think uh, Miami – they just have really good defensive players for some reason. Just not what's interesting about this DBU. The non-Power 5 best they have is UCF. Which one? For um DBU, when it says best by conference it says non-Power 5. If you if you watch if you watch like UCF play, if you would watch them play, you would you could understand like yeah, I could see that. They have like flyers like there's they just fly around. They got a good defense, but I would I couldn't tell you. I couldn't name defensive back off that team. You could honestly no, say from I mean, just because just just off last year, you could put Cincinnati in the top five. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I don't watch, I don't see UCF playing football and go, oh, I'm tuning that game on. Yeah. Maybe if they're playing Cincinnati, because I have to admit, I am a low key Cincinnati Bearcats fan. I like Luke Fickle. Yeah, I do too, and man, if Ohio State wasn't going to make the playoff, at least Cincinnati did. Yeah, and they didn't totally embarrass themselves either. I'm curious on where Luke Fickle goes next. You think he stays at Cincinnati? I was very surprised he didn't move to Notre Dame. With them going to the Big Twelve, I think there was a good chance he stays. True, that could happen. Because they're going to get a part of that Big Twelve money, he's going to be able to get paid more. If the Big Twelve survives, I mean, they should. I mean, I was very surprised they said no to the Pac-12. I mean, I. I have a feeling. What are that they gonna do? Washington and them are just out there stranded. If I'm a, if I'm the Big Ten, I want Oregon. I don't know. I don't Oregon know what they're gonna do. Honestly, I think the times of conferences and college football is coming to an end. Or it'd be it'd be cool to see. I guess. Uh, I guess ACC and Pac-12. That'd be a fucking flight. What I see happening. There's a couple of theories on here, uh, here where I think what I think could happen. One is I think the Pac-12 merges with the Big Ten and Notre Dame joins the Big Ten, and the That's Big Twelve merges conference. with the SEC, and the southern half of the ACC goes to the SEC, and the northern half goes to the Big Ten. That's one theory. That's the other the one is we would just have they NFL totally football. kick NCAA to the curb, and they name a um, commissioner of college football. And there's no conferences at all, just divisions, like in the NFL. And they have a set playoff that'd be, system. That'd be a way better system because the NCAA and, and, sucks. Yeah, and I, I think we're starting to realize that. they, When things get tough, like with COVID or with the NIL deals, they don't make uniform rules. They let every like state and conference make their own choices. And it just, just there. turns into pure chaos. Like you saw with the COVID year, Big Ten's not playing, Pac-12's not playing, the SEC's playing 12 games, the ACC's playing 11, the Big 12 is going to play 10. It's just like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, this yeah, is, it was a, it was crazy. This is the exact time the NCAA needs to show up and have a backbone, but they didn't. So I do think they're showing that they're obsolete. Yeah, Same thing with the I think NRL. they said that every state, every state can have different rules. So now it's a mess. So, like, Texas teams 
can just give millions of dollars to players to come there for no advertisement deals or anything. But Ohio's law, I believe, doesn't allow that. But I think I think my theory is like I think at the end of the day, money matters, but at the same time, these kids are also like my development matters too. That's why I think Ohio State can still compete because they're putting out enough money and they also develop all the talent. So it's like, all right, I'll take less money, but I'll go to the I'll make sure I'm a first round pick. You're gonna go to Texas. Texas didn't even get a drafted pick. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think this difference is gonna come in. I think we're seeing the guys that know for sure they're going to the NFL and no NFL talent, they're gonna to go to the best team still. They're gonna be less concerned about that money. I think because I think there's going to be like a base salary when it comes to being a football player. You're going to be like making like six figures, almost seven. And then it's going to be to the point where you're just kind of like, okay, I just want to go to the best team. Well, we have a ton of car dealerships here in Columbus. And if you've noticed, a lot of these guys were driving around in nice cars. That right there might be enough to get somebody who knows they're going to the NFL here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you just endorse that. Like, hey, look at me. I drive. I'm CJ Stroud. I drive a Bentley or a G-Wagon. Yeah, I mean, you see it all the time. I mean, Seven Banks had a custom Dodge Charger, I believe it was. Hey, it was and it had the number seven it? on the side of it. I saw it, it every was... Monday when I went to class. <laughs> you had to know who it was. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what class he was in because he wasn't in mine. That was the um class that um EJ Liddell was in. And oh, speaking of EJ Liddell, I'm hoping he gets a fast recovery here. Yeah, I've seen that. That was crazy. It's crazy when you like level up, you see a lot of like rookies just tear ACLs after not mm-hmm, yeah. having it, any it, injury. It, it, it's, rough. it's rough. And then, like, especially when it's like somebody that you were in class with. I mean, the yeah. guy held the door open for me, like, multiple times. Like, I would be, like, looking up at him, like, thank you, because he's, like, <laughs> twice the height of me. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I you hate to see that stuff. So, I hope he gets to getting better. I'm sure he will. And Yeah. ACLs are going to wrap it up here, I think. Okay. All right. Um, More content's coming start, for sure. We're going to try to do weekly. Yeah, with more – with. Football picking back up, we do want to pick this up. I mean, the last month there's been nothing on. I don't watch baseball. baseball. He watches baseball. I don't watch hockey. He watches hockey. I'm a football you nerd. Watch hockey, man. I'm a football I'm nerd. I, just, I can just we could spew all day about football. Basketball's hard too. But I'm excited. The next few months is gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, it will. All right. Jones steps back, looks downfield, lets it go. He's got a receiver, Devin 